I know a lot of people say this, but I don't believe in a plan B. Yeah. I've done that for the first half of my life yeah. and it got me nowhere. Yeah. yeah. And once I told God, like, hey, <laughs> yeah. big dog, this is it. If this doesn't happen, I, I don't know what's happening with me, but this is it. And I'm going to show you and myself this is it. Right. And since then, I it's, you know, worked out. Um, 10,000 hours. I can't stress that enough. Yeah. When Instagram is off, when Snapchat and TikTok mm-hmm. and all of that is off, mm-hmm. are you working? Yeah. Are you creating? Yeah. Are you spending time, uh, just living life to feel the different things that you want to talk about in your art. And welcome to another episode of The Bandit Room. My name is Charles. I'm joined here in the studio today by Mr. Caleb. Hello again. And across the table from me, we have Mr. Frankie Zombie. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So Frankie, for the listener, Frankie's an artist. Uh, he's also the host of Artfully Designed or a host of Artfully Designed. Yeah, one of, one of three. Do, you, do yeah. you call it a host or what do you refer to um, it as? Uh, co-host. Or, co-host. Yeah. co-host yeah. Or, yeah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Of Artfully Designed. Now that's through the Magnolia Network mm-hmm. and also available on Max. Yes, uh, it is on Max now. Uh, the mainstream is Magnolia, uh, Joanna Gaines Network. And um, it's Peacock, all kinds of other platforms yeah. now. I think it's on about maybe 12 oh, platforms wow. now. Okay, yeah. okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. So you're all over the place now. Uh Frankie's worked on projects for, uh, I'm going to lose my breath here getting going through the, the <laughs> intro here, uh, NASCAR, the NBA, the NFL, BMW, uh, you go into celebrities, Dave Chappelle, Pharrell, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Machine Gun Kelly, the list goes on and on and on. I'm exhausted at Frankie. How did you do it? How did you do all these things? Oh, well, first and most, uh, I always forget how many things I've done, yeah. um, but man, it Depends on how much time we have. Like it, it <laughs> visually, the arts started. Well, no, mentally, it started being born and raised in the Bronx. Yeah, um, hanging out outside, but like the thing was in our neighborhood, we had to be back in the house by a certain time. Yeah, and so I would just go back in my bedroom and just start daydreaming, looking out the windows. And so I'd take different shows and cartoons I would watch early in the day, morning, and whatnot. And just go back and keep those in my mind mentally yeah. until it was time to daydream. I gotcha. would do that often. I still do it a lot. And then I would just take those same shows and cartoons and just reconstruct them into like characters that were in my neighborhood or in my school. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's how I started mentally. That's fantastic. Yeah. I've, I've heard in other episodes or other things you've done, you've mentioned the Jetsons. Was yeah, a, yeah. was a big influence on yeah, you. Huge, huge. Uh, if you actually that uh, particular piano right yeah. there, that there's a signature uh structured style that I do on uh, predominantly pianos um, and a few murals too as well Uh, that style started like direct influence the Jetsons when you look at the monochromatic palettes Mm -hmm. that they would wear you know light purples against the dark purples and uh, the robot is like dark gray light gray and then those angles those sharp angles um, all of that was was from the Jetsons but I realized as a child too I didn't really see many people that looked like me in my neighborhoods in this particular cartoon. And so, you know, I would ask my parents about it and then, you know, just brush you off a little bit. You know, you're a kid just asking a million questions. Mm -hmm. And so I would, you know, at that point, again, 
go back in my room and start daydreaming yeah. if I saw more black and brown people that looked like me, but yeah. in a cartoon of the future. But yeah. as I grew older, I started to realize I don't actually have a passion for drawing characters. Yeah. And so I said, like, you know what? Instead of like learning how to draw the characters, I'm going to be the character of the future. There you go. And, you know, just bring so those you, vibrant colors to the world. That's fantastic. I like that. Now, just looking at your artwork, I wouldn't have guessed Jetsons. But then once you say it, I start to see it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that is that is totally the, the same vibe as the, the color palette and things like that that they would use. Yes, in sir. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, going back into the bio, you talked about you were born in New York City, grew up in South Carolina. Uh, you've designed a NASCAR uh, number 78 Art car? How do you mm-hmm. describe it? Is it an art car? You would say. Yeah, or I would. I would call it an art car. An art yeah. car. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fantastic. Was that actually driven, or was it just like a? It was driven during the Miami race, um, cool. which is like just crazy how it all circled back. I'll take yeah. a super long story short. Sure. Um, so one of the first times I was um, introduced to art cars was doing Art Basel. Mm-hmm. The first time I'd done Art Basel in Miami. Um, was maybe about six, seven years ago. Yeah. And when I saw somebody on the side of a, a, a street just painting a Lamborghini yeah. and then hop in the Lamborghini and just drive off, it just blew <laughs> my mind. But only in yeah. Miami. Right. Only you know? Miami. <laughs> so I'm like, and he did it in the coolest way ever. Yeah. So that stuck in my mind for nice. years. Uh, fast forward, um, F1 uh, had me come out and uh, commission me to paint a G-Wagon on the beach, South Beach. Wow. And as I'm doing that, one yeah. of my friends that were assisting me on this project, he's yeah. like, hey, bro, uh, there's a NASCAR simulation game, you know, yeah. a few down from you. Let's let's go check that out. And I go in there, and the guys that were a part of this simulation yeah. already knew who I was. Okay. And so we start small talk, and he's like, yeah, we got to get you to, <laughs> you know, design a car for us one day for NASCAR. And I'm like, oh, you know, small talk. Yeah, sure, let's do it sure, one day. Sure. Maybe about two weeks later, they called me and said, uh, we have a team this is what we want to do. We want you to have full control. When are you ready? I'm like, all right, let's do it. That's fantastic. (laughs) And so for my first art car, NASCAR car to be in Miami where I was first inspired, it was like everything for me. Wow. Yeah. Now where I first came across your, your work was the the work you did here in Rock Hill. You did a uh, basketball court with uh, Mr. Garrison gist. Mm -hmm. Was that your first uh, basketball court type job or have you ever Mm -hmm. Have you done that kind of work before? I, I've done three basketball courts yeah. before that particular okay. project. But gotcha. um, when my brother Garrison reached out to me, it was, yeah. it was a no-brainer to, to do it. Uh, cool. South Carolina is his hometown, and South Carolina is my hometown yeah, you know, yeah. as well, before yeah. Charlotte came into play. Right. And um, it was, you know, again, no-brainer. Like, he's a cool guy, yeah. super creative. When we first met, people thought me and him were twins. So, like, <laughs> we had to become friends at that point. And, um, you know, just, yeah, when he reached out to uh, to do it, like, Big canvases, most canvases that mm-hmm. people are a little intimidated to do. It, right. That's where I feel at home, really. Yeah. With a job like that, are you constantly like using a drone to kind of see like what's going on, like bird's eye view mm-hmm. kind of thing, or, or how are you um, just kind of you just have a feel for it? Yeah, you would the- you would think that's how you should do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, me, when I did my first uh, basketball court mural. I was extremely intimidated, yeah. uh, just thinking so much. Uh, my, my anxiety was getting to me. I was like, you know yeah. what? I'm just going to dive in and just have fun with this. Right. It's my art. It's yeah. my canvas. Uh-huh. So I went in, no real measuring, yeah. no drones. <laughs> I would just keep just taking mental images of the entire court Yeah. and then just paint it, 
Okay. I'd maybe get through like 60% of it done, and then one of my buddies would come out with a drone, not even to show me proportions, just yeah, to show just me how to, cool it looks. Just to show you what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the first time he went up, I was like, okay, from now on, this is how I'm doing my basketball courts. Nice. You know, and um, it, it was more fun like that for me, you know, yeah. just diving to have more fun instead of getting in your mind and yeah. getting yeah. anxious. Overly analytical about it. Just mm-hmm. yeah. feel it out a little more. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Now, we've talked a little bit about the different types of... Uh, medium that you work with uh what is it what's your line if if you can if it can take paint you're gonna put paint I'm on it i'm painting it baby <laughs> i'm painting it yes sir <laughs> so i mean the list goes on what are what are some what are some of the strangest surfaces that you've uh, attacked? uh it's always hard for me to answer that question because <laughs> i started out painting yeah non-traditional canvases but yeah. i'd say recently one of my good friends uh, Fernie in Charlotte. He's actually on a few episodes of our show too. Oh, He's yeah. a firefighter and an amazing wood wood artist. And he wanted me to design and paint a ladder. And at first I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll okay. do it for you, bro. But yeah. then as I'm in the studio about to start painting, I'm like, how exactly should I paint a ladder? <laughs> like the proportions are super weird, you know. But You're talking a metal ladder? Or yeah, wood yeah. Ladder, metal, One of like, like the old school like okay. 90s gotcha. uh, metal ladders mm-hmm. um, extends just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, he, he he said he wanted to put it in the house as an art piece. Okay. I'm like, okay, well, let's do it. Like this is how I started my career. So, you know. Strange surface area type work there. Yeah, you know? man. It's Don't from, have a lot of room to work with. Right. With narrow ladder. Yeah. But uh, again, I always just try to tap into what fun means to me. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, I've. At this point, cars, car parts that go under the hood that no one will see unless you're in a car show. Right. Um, inside of cars, furniture, almost anything at this point. Yeah. Like, honestly, man. <laughs> Some other work that, that I recognized that, that you were working on was uh, you were part of the uh, Black Lives Matter mural in mm-hmm. Charlotte. And uh, you organized the Black Lives Matter mural in Spartanburg. Is that yes. right? Yes. Yes. Spartanburg, yes. the city asked you to, to, to put that together? Or yeah. So... Um, I think a day after we, I guess, gone viral with mm-hmm. the Charlotte one, yeah. um, I'm on my way back home because I'd stayed the night mm-hmm. in Charlotte, and the city of Spartanburg, my mm-hmm. city, reaches out to me and says, hey, um, you know what I'm about to ask you, right? Yeah. And like that's exactly how it went. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just uh, give me a day. <laughs> my body hurts from right, right, <laughs> mentally, right. emotionally, and you know, right. especially emotionally dealing with why we were even there in the first place, painting right. these murals. And so... You know, the next day I get with the city and we get together yeah. a couple hundred people to, you know. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, to, to make it happen. So for the one in Spartanburg, I haven't seen that one. I know in the one in Charlotte, for people who don't know, a different artist did different each letter, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or teams of artists did mm-hmm. different letters. Yeah. Uh, so the one in Spartanburg, did you take the same model? Did you invite a bunch of artists or did yeah, you kind of same, do a design, design for it? And, mm-hmm, and same thing, it? Uh, mm-hmm. different uh, artists for each one. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it to just be artists from Spartanburg. Right. I brought in people from Rock Hill yeah, as well, yeah, uh, yeah. Charlotte. Um, further up north, Fantastic. I think I had one person that was from Jersey. And yeah. I just mm-hmm. wanted so many different people to come together, mm-hmm. not just black people, but to show yeah. that all you know mm-hmm. uh, colors of... And, and races are, of people care about what was happening at yeah. the time and still going on, you know. Right. And so it was just beautiful to see thousands of people in my city come together yeah. for something like that right in mm. front of City Hall mm. and um, mm. just spread, no, no matter how much yeah. uh, weird threats and stuff I was receiving oh from gosh. nice yeah. people really? on Instagram and that? Facebook. From nice people on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice people on both sides. Yeah. Um, um, Ugh, wow, for interesting. That moment for me was a bit, 
it was just a glimpse for me of what my ancestors really went through and yeah. like being in it. And so I started to realize after reading some of those messages and threats, like, like this is just the tip of the iceberg. Like I was built for this moment. So yeah. it's okay. No one's going to stop any of us from going out there to spread love and equality. So, yeah. you know, we, we went out there and had a good time with it. Man. That's fantastic. How's the, is it, is it still holding up in yeah. Spartanburg? Or Ours is it? looks like the first day we painted it because really? I took some notes from the Charlotte mural okay. and um, just, the you Char- know, is it, I'm not, I haven't seen the Charlotte. I think lately. that one's about 98.222% gone. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is so like, did they not do some proper uh, protective layers on it or um, something? It's yeah. just, well, one, Charlotte, the uptown Charlotte Street is a lot more busy yeah. than Spartanburg's, yeah. you know, um, back back street in front of City Hall. Yeah. And two, I just, uh, I understood that we needed to put down like more sealant Yeah. after the artists all finished their letters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, to we had more time and prep to make it happen with the yeah. Spartanburg one, yeah. uh, the Charlotte one. You have so many people out there. You're yeah. out there 14 hours straight painting. Right. You want to get the letter done and like gotcha. take a breather and chill for a while. Yeah. You don't want to yeah. focus on two, three layers of right. you know, ceiling right. and stuff like that. That's true. Yeah. They probably couldn't shut Main Street or shut, shut that road down yeah. for that yeah. long. Too. That was sure. another one. Yeah. I think now Spartanburg, um, I, I believe they shut it down for about a week. Yeah. And, you know, gave it its proper time That's for yeah, that's good. We have a couple in Rock Hill. Um, there's a Black Lives Matter on Caldwell Street, and then mm-hmm. there's a No Room for Racism on on another street. I can't remember where it is, but they both look a little bit faded. Yeah, they look, look a little bit faded. I'm not sure if they put down that sealant or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, yeah, probably need a little more. Ro- roads are a tough surface for stuff like that. I mean, it is. It's, it's it, it made a powerful image, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic mm-hmm. if you can get it to hold up. But, mm-hmm. um, you either have to go back and hit it like once a yeah. year or something to to make it really last or, mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. And yeah, and it was it was uh, funny with the uh, the prep work with the Charlotte one um, because after we'd finished it the first day, that yeah. person went out and oh, I gosh. guess they put the paint on their tire or something and drove through all the letters. Yeah, but it was oh, a beautiful uh, moment though I'd because it was almost that. like a conversation. Like because of whoever that was that mm-hmm. did that we had a yet another day to come out and fellowship with oh. hundreds of people and yeah. do the letter again, you <laughs> wow. know? So that second day is when I started to actually connect with more Charlotte artists and people yeah. in the city. So, you know, it's ooh. nice. One, one bad apple and cause the whole, uh, a stronger reaction yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of love and support to, to come out of that. That's, that's oh, yeah. good to say. Let's go back to your upbringing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you talked a little bit about it. How did your upbringing in both New York and South Carolina influence your artistic style and, and what kind of perspective do you think it gave you? Mm. Oh, great question. It definitely influences it even to this day. Yeah. I have another style that I do more so with cars. Mm. Um, it's like the graffiti tones yeah. are more like my New York upbringing. Sure. But the abstract style of it is more so being raised in the South. Gotcha. Mm. Like New York is more aggressive, it's fast paced, yeah. but then my color palettes and how they start to yeah. gracefully merge is the South where uh, there's there's more patience mm-hmm. here. More people you can walk <laughs> by and nod or smile that's to true. in New York. Everyone's just- In their own world. One track, yeah, yeah, yeah in their yeah. own world. So yeah. that's where that began. Huh. Um, the first piece of artwork uh, I was attracted to was in New York City, uh, abstract works. Okay. But then one of my uh, teachers at the time and, and great friend now, Miss uh, Eliezer, 
Um, she was my first art instructor in South Carolina to really bring me into the art world and nice. say, you know what, Frankie, it's, I know right now in class we're focused on portraits, but I can see and feel there's something else creatively inside of mm, you that yeah. let me put some more uh, abstract tones in front of you and, you know, yeah. see if this is your thing. Right. And, you know, that's where that grace starts to come from Fantastic. in the style. Okay. So you just say you, you were obviously you were exposed to artwork in, in New York, but mm -hmm. you feel like you really dove into it more when mm -hmm. you were in your yeah. time in South Carolina. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay. Uh, here, here in the South is where I started to really dive into the Jetson style. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And, um, I started to practice it a lot more when I moved to LA for a while, but mm -hmm. it really became like home for me when I moved back from LA back to, uh, South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, so you've, you've lived all these different places, New York, LA, South Carolina, what keeps you in the Carolinas? What what is it that mm. uh, that keeps you here? Because you, you obviously you would think it might have worked the opposite way. You grew up in South Carolina, yeah, yeah. and then you went mm -hmm. to New York or L.A. to do the art thing, mm -hmm. you know. But you did exactly. it backwards. So uh, a few things, uh, honestly, man. Um, I'm a bit of like a stubborn person. <laughs> if someone tells me I cannot do something, I'm going yep. to prove to you that it is possible. If I can't, someone else can do it. Yep. Uh, I just had so many people that would tell me there's not much art or successful right. artists coming out of the South mm -hmm. uh, and having a successful business with it. And I was yeah. like, well, that's not true because when I first initially started my art business in South Carolina, in Spartanburg, yeah. everyone supported me. Right. Everyone. Uh, my first art show, I believe I'd sold every piece but one and wow. I would have sold the last one but I wanted to save it for a later time <laughs> nice and so I took it off the uh, the wall yeah but um, wow. even that was like interesting because I was afraid to do this art show because I didn't think anyone would accept me mm -hmm. I'm the black guy from New York the rest of the room is you know white and this person does portraits and impressionism here and realism and yeah. I'm the abstract you know street guy yeah but everything sold and since then every city in the south that i've gone to even rock hill even mm -hmm. charlotte uh some of my top clients and mm -hmm. people that i you know work with and yeah. organizations to do great work and also uh what brought me back permanently uh, in the beginning was my mom so i was coming back from la after hard depression and just things with the music industry happening mm. and i came back for a couple weeks just to you know get back to center and tap in with my family a little mm -hmm. bit and that's when I later found out my mom had stage four breast cancer. And so at that moment, I'm like, you know what? I've lived in every big city at this point. I don't need to be there. I'll just come back home, be closer to family. And then I started to realize even further at that point, I have the support I need here. I've lived in New York and didn't have much career success. Yeah. I've lived in LA, didn't have much uh, career success. Let's try out the South. Mm -hmm. And you know, hey, worked out perfect. Right? Yeah, fantastic. Now we go through a lot of that too, because like as a software company that does tax products or things like that, mm -hmm. you know, you would think we're supposed to be in California. We should be out, <laughs> you know, Silicon Valley or something like that. But we're like, no, no, we can do it here. You can do yeah. it anywhere. You know, you make a good product; it can compete on a national level. You know, it's going to work wherever you wherever your base is. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, you know, as man. long as you're putting out good, good content. Um, so that's fantastic. Uh, just you hit on um, a bit about the music industry. Can you describe? Uh, where, where that came into play. So uh, music... Or describe your journey yeah, yeah, to yeah. art. For sure. Through where, wherever the stops you took along the way. So um, with music, I'd always been musical my whole life. As far as just like my dad put me on to like uh, 
Curtis Mayfield and yeah. the Isleys and all of that stuff. And then my mom with Madonna and all of the pop music mm-hmm. and Sade and mm-hmm. Cousins with 90s, like, you know, jazz, hip hop and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought I was going to be an athlete my whole life. I messed up my leg in high school. Yeah. That happened. And then I moved to college in New York and tell my uncle at the time uh, that I wanted to be a music producer. Mm-hmm. And he's like, OK, um, I'll take you in. We'll work it out. He was the vice president at the time of Young Money Records, uh, Lil Wayne's okay. uh, record company. Okay. And so he was the first person to show me, look, I'll buy you this, this mm-hmm. keyboard, that. Just lock in mm-hmm. and just start hustling, making yeah. music. So that would happen for years. Um, after a while, I moved back to South Carolina from New York, mm-hmm. still making beats and stuff. Mm-hmm. And long story short, uh, I got my first music placement in the, the music industry with uh, an amazing artist and songwriter by the name of Stacey Barth. Uh, she's produced and written for like Rihanna, like all kinds of people, Beyonce, yeah. uh, list goes on. Mm-hmm. And so a uh, great friend of mine to this day, Eddie Blackman, he's, he was like our big brother and like uh, manager, you know, if you yeah. will, in the industry. Yeah. And he was like, hey guys, we got this placement going. I can't do much for you in South Carolina. You might want to move to L.A. Mm-hmm. And so within a couple days, I quit my job with maybe $800 to my name, my entire name and account. (laughs) And me and seven of my music buddies moved to a one-bedroom apartment in L.A. Okay. Yeah, one-bedroom. Made it happen like that. (laughs) Producing there for for a good while, uh, a lot of big names. Again, that's when the the industry started to hit me with a little of depression because, like, Mm -hmm. imagine... Waking up almost every other day in Motown and Universal and all of these big companies yeah. are promising you these big checks. Yeah. And you wake up every day and you're still eating a Subway sandwich once a day. Right. And so, you know, that part mentally <laughs> was just breaking me in a way, my right. spirit. And um, I always realized, even in L.A., when I was having a bad day, art was always there as mm-hmm. just something to do, just mm-hmm. to get me away from the music. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to sell anything. I didn't yeah. really even want to show anybody. My friends would just tell me constantly, hey, you should do something with this. Yeah. And um, that turned into me moving down south yeah. and realizing I didn't want to do music for a while. Like mm-hmm. I was really bitter of the music mm-hmm. industry. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I love this art thing, and I think this is my purpose. Mm-hmm. So let's see if I can turn this passion and purpose Mm -hmm. into a career. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, that's when I started to realize, like, through music, I could make the music, but I didn't know how to help change people's lives or influence them through it. But through art, I can paint and then take $10,000 and give it to Haiti. Right. I can take, you know, this amount of money and give it back to these children who are less fortunate for resources and laptops and stuff. So I was like, okay, like this, God, thank you. Like, this is it. This is my purpose. All right. You know, that's, that's, that's how we got into the art. Do you think part of it had to do with uh, the fact that in the in a visual art field, you have so much more control over what you're putting out there and, and getting it out there, mm-hmm. whereas in, in like a, the music industry, everything's kind of controlled by large producers? Yep. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you could be making good content, but without the backing of, like, some large giant, like, mm-hmm. you know, is it going to really get out there the way yeah. it should. Yeah. Even with like down to getting paid as mm-hmm. a producer, yeah. you still have to wait for an artist yeah. to purchase the music from right. you and say, hey, this music is going to make my album. Right. Until they say, yes, this is making the album, you're liable to be waiting six to eight months. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> so that's with every artist. Right. But with art, 
I can doodle something right now. Make something anywhere, yeah. You know, with you guys and then post it mm-hmm. on any social site. Yeah. A couple thousand people will see it yeah. and at least five people going to reach out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's, I just, you know, again, with, with that process and knowing that once it sells, I can then take those funds to help someone somehow. Yeah. It's, it's just a no-brainer for me at that point. That's fantastic. Now, you talk a little bit about uh, some of the big names that you've, you've worked with in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share some memorable experiences that you've encountered uh, through some of these exchanges? Yeah, uh, right off the top, uh, Dave Chappelle. Okay, so what did you? Um, how did how did this come about? Yeah, so there was there was a venue I think in Boston that okay. reached out to me. Yeah, Boston that reached out to me to do some shoes for them. Okay, and um, they wanted me to do like a regular pair of Nikes or something like that. And I was like, I I study this man. I know yeah. what kind of shoes he likes, <laughs> and so I took money out of the budget that wasn't even there fully to just get this specific shoe for him yeah and um i do the artwork i send it to him and i think like two days later i got a uh i got a text from someone in his camp Mm -hmm. to my manager and and myself saying hey dave loved the shoes (laughs) uh he'd love to invite you out to the charlotte show oh okay and we go to the charlotte show the show was amazing yeah we go to the back and like you know he's just yeah. Sitting down, you know, like I envisioned <laughs> just sitting down in a green room and you have like 10 people around him just laughing yeah. at all the jokes and all this different stuff. But um, he really like you can tell he really cares when yeah. he's speaking to people. It's not just mm. you're here to see me, see me because right. I'm a celebrity. Yeah. And so uh, one of the assistants go over and, you know, taps yeah. him and says, hey, that's that's Frankie Zombie. Gotcha. He stands up. You know, uh-huh. he's not one of those. You walk to me, guys. He stood up. Oh, man, I appreciate you know, the art you did for me, you know, yeah. we shake hands and stuff. And then he starts naming things in the shoe that I designed. Oh, yeah. So he remembered it yeah, yeah. a week later, yeah. you know, the detail. And we just kept conversing. And then I started asking him some questions about art and the uh, the TV industry and yeah. Netflix and HBO, yeah. all these different things. And he's just like loading me with just gems of like great mm. things. Yeah. To keep, you know, keep going emotionally and mentally when yeah. it comes to the business, man. Um, and you know he's telling his team, "Hey, look, get, give him my contact. Yeah, let's let's keep in contact. If anything you need, let me know." Wow, that's cool. And that's just one of those moments because you know how like sometimes you may have a music artist or just a celebrity in general, mm-hmm. but you're you're curious of how they are in person. Right. They say, "Don't meet your heroes." Exactly, right, exactly right, right. that. And I have yeah. that a few times with yeah. other people. Yeah. And so with him, I was just a little like. Oh, wow, man. I, I don't fantastic. have any expectations, but I yeah. just hope he's, you know, a cool yeah, guy, yeah, man, because yeah. I love his work. That's so cool. <laughs> but, um, so that yeah. was the show he did at Belk Theater just a few years ago, right? Or was it? Uh, I don't know. This was recently. It was um, recently? Yeah. Last year. Oh, last year. Um, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then he'd cool. done a show here in Charlotte a couple months ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Fantastic. Yep. That's yeah. awesome. That I was, think for the special that just came out on Netflix, yeah. it was that recording was for that okay. special. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Nice. So you, so you mentioned TV stuff, so this might be a good segue to entertainment industry on that yeah, side. So how go. did that mm-hmm. happen with the um, Magnolia Network and our yeah, Artfully Designed? Yeah, let's talk about that. that. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, really, really random. <laughs> Very. So um, there was a, a photographer, a great photographer that reached out to me and said, hey, I want to do photo shoots with different artists in Charlotte. And so just bring a little piece of artwork and you can pick the location and I'll just shoot you. And, you know, we figure out what we do with the products later. Mm. 
And me being extra, mm-hmm. um, I said, you know what? Instead of doing a little canvas or something, I'm going to yeah. paint an entire piano. Uh, I painted that piano at my friend Blue's house. He's also on the show with me yeah. on an episode. Uh, painted it overnight. I stayed up about 20-something hours. Wow. <laughs> hauled it on the U-Haul. <laughs> I drove it an hour sleep, drove it to Charlotte. Uh-huh. And um, we had found a lady's home to do the photo shoot okay. in. And we get inside the home, Natalie, our name's Natalie, and I'm looking around the house. I'm like, I'm digging this interior. Is this your work? Right. She's like, yeah. Okay. And okay. then she says, this piano is amazing. Yeah. Did you do this? And I'm like, yeah. And so we, at that point, we just became fans of each other. Yeah. And I think maybe a month later, uh, she reached out and said, um, you know, Network had been pitching some ideas for mm-hmm. shows. Would you like to, you know, just mm-hmm. do a sit down interview and yeah. see where it goes? So that happened. The interview huh. happened. It went well. Yeah. And the same thing happened with our third calls, uh, Rachel. Um, I, but I believe they knew each other before I met Natalie, okay. um, maybe a year before. Yeah. And so we all three do the interview. And I think no more than like two months later, uh, essentially, yeah. the networks reached out and said, we love it. Let's get the ball rolling. That's fantastic. I, I, from before that point, I'd never saw myself yeah. being on anyone's TV. Right. Ever. <laughs> that wasn't in the game plan. Yeah. No, un- yeah. unless it was like through sports. <laughs> right, but, you know, right, once sports right. was officially done, I'm like, right. yeah, there's no mm-hmm. way. Well, that's the next step after athlete, after you're mm-hmm. a performer, then you move on to commentating <laughs> right. and things like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> man, that's funny. So uh-huh. that all comes from, from you being extra, right? Yeah, man. If you hadn't made that, if you hadn't stayed up all, you know, well, who mm-hmm. knows? Who knows what would have happened? But if you hadn't stayed up all night, made that piano, got a U-Haul, taken it to Charlotte instead of, uh, you know, I don't know, some two-dimensional work or something like mm-hmm. that. And not that there's anything against nothing two-dimensional wrong with two, nothing works, wrong right? With it, but no. I just, excuse me, I always preach to uh, everyone, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what the age is, uh, when it comes to art. Right you have to really like go that extra mile and step for things that you believe. Yeah. Even if it's a daydream, mm-hmm. like it may take some extra time or mm-hmm. extra 10,000 hours to yeah. make it happen. But mm-hmm. any time that I've jumped off that ledge mm-hmm. and believed in myself, something came from it. Yeah. It may have not been right away, but something mm-hmm. would happen. And so like those moments, like with the piano and Natalie, like those type of yeah. moments always remind me to never cut myself short. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's true. And I'm sure a lot of, you know, these other situations that you found yourselves in, we could go, we spend all day talking about how these, each job came about, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it's your NASCAR experience or, you know, different, uh, you know, celebrity type people that you've worked with. Yeah. Um, it didn't come from, from sitting around in your room, doodling something, you know, not, not getting it out there. It's Mm -hmm. it's hustling. It's getting, getting your work Mm -hmm. out there, getting it, uh, getting that exposure and doing the extra mile that you're talking about. You have to, man, because when you think about every other career, goes the extra mile if you're a doctor yeah. lawyer personal personality like whatever it is you have to study those long hours you have to put in the physical work mm-hmm. long hours mm-hmm. college all of this so as a creative why why is it any different you know for right. us That's you know true. so yeah. and these things don't happen overnight i mean oh, i'm no. sure I mean, <laughs> let's talk about how, how long you've been working in the art field. yikes um uh, i've been painting for maybe about over 11 years 11 years yeah no actually longer than that yeah i'm very old now (laughs) uh about 15 15. i've been painting for about 15 years right and um the last five years things started to really really like right pick up and you know get to where it is now that's fantastic yeah but you know 
looks like an overnight success, but if you don't think about it, oh, then, yeah. yeah, there's a Steve Jobs line I like. It says, if you look closely at most overnight successes, took a long time. Oh, 100% <laughs> of the like, time, man. Yeah. They, see, they see you on, they see, oh, you get the TV gig. Oh, you got this uh, NASCAR situation. Oh, oh mm-hmm. yeah. They didn't see the, you know, the 15 years of, of you know, just work, you know, yeah, to, to get to that point. What advice would you give to aspiring artists who, uh, you know, hope to make it in the, in the world? Mm, I would say um, to a certain degree, you have to block out what everyone else thinks about your mm. work. Mm. You know, I don't get caught up in the color theory and yeah. the exhibitionists and like the all the the art mm. experts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, sure, sure. To this day, I still don't know what an art expert is, but, <laughs> you know, um, just block out all the noise. Yeah. You have to start with the things that you love mm-hmm. own into that um, spend the 10,000 hours crafting whatever that feeling is for you mm-hmm. and once you know you can at that point like take criticism from people and mm-hmm. still do your own thing regardless of what you've been told mm-hmm. that's when I think like you're you're on to something uh, pretty strong and, and powerful yeah. um, I cared what people thought in the beginning mm-hmm. I saw where it got me to this day, I don't care what people think. Like, I'm interested in how people feel, but um, if you're trying to just put all these different stipulations on my work or what I should and shouldn't do, mm-hmm. oh, uh, that yeah. slides off me like, you yeah. know, lotion yeah. on the skin. It, it doesn't <laughs> phase me at this point. You got to make work that you like. Yeah, man. You yeah. have to. Yeah. And um, jump off the ledge. Like, yeah. I don't, I know a lot of people say this, but I don't believe in a plan B. Yeah. Mm. I've done that for the first half of my life yeah. and it got me nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And once I told God, like, hey, <laughs> yeah, big dog, this is it. If this doesn't happen, I, I don't know what's happening with me, but this is it. And I'm going to show you and myself this is it. Right. And since then, I've it's, you know, worked out. Um, 10,000 hours. I can't stress that enough. Yeah. When Instagram is off, when Snapchat and TikTok mm-hmm. and all of that is off, mm-hmm. are you working? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you creating? Yeah. Are you spending time uh just living life to feel the different things that you want to talk about in your art. Mm. Uh, those, those things are important, man. That's fantastic. Uh, now you let's talk a little bit. You, you mentioned like color theory, art experts. Let's talk a little bit about training in the art world because mm-hmm. you, um, I, you, you strike me as someone who's self-taught or, yeah. or worked yeah. through experience, but you've also referenced, you've had art teachers that kind of inspired mm-hmm. you and sort of encouraged you in that regard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So what, what do you think, uh, worked out for you um what you think um, it's like a little bit of both essentially you know getting a little bit of that encouragement encouragement in your formative years and then mm-hmm. uh having the uh, determination to to make it happen as an adult or yeah uh i think uh for miss eliezer um she would kill me if i keep saying miss eliezer susan uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, we're both adults now stop <laughs> calling me that <laughs> <laughs> uh what what susan has started is like I, I loved her for it because it wasn't so much of her trying to give me a bunch of like technical things. Mm-hmm. It was, look, we're going to keep trying out different styles of work and mediums mm-hmm. until you feel, key word for me is feel what, you, what you're what you into and what you love. Mm-hmm. And as long as that's the kind of encouragement, yeah. I'm, I was just all for it. If if someone has a bit of knowledge for me in the art realm, yeah. I'm okay with receiving it. But mm-hmm. if it's not me, it's not for me. Right. I get a little tied up with people that feel like 
if you're not studying all the greats of the last right. hundred years and if you're not reading this book and yeah. that book on color, yeah. your art is terrible. <laughs> if you don't have your work in three million galleries right, across right, from here right. to Italy, you're right. not an artist. Right. And that's when I, you know, just yeah. put my foot down Start and say, no, that's not true. Right, right. You know, um, yeah. I made you the, uh, deter the decider of what's good. Right, you know? yeah. right. You know, and um, I just try to stay away from those kind of people. Yeah. But I'm all for encouragement if like I can just feel like you mm -hmm. really just want what's what's best for the moment. Yeah. Now, as far as like technique, I get it as far as, you know, portraits and things like that. You, you have to study techniques and style and shading right. and shadows. Mm -hmm. I get that. When it comes to abstract, I feel mm -hmm. like it's a little different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's more of a feeling. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want you to walk past my artwork and think first. I want you to feel first. Yeah. You know? Um, All right. To this day, I still have friends that ask me, what do you think about this new piece? Yeah. It weirds me out because yeah. it's like, I didn't think anything. I, I either felt it, it or yeah. I didn't feel mm -hmm. it, you know? Gotcha. So, um... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more drawn to people that uh, challenge me when it comes to emotions, not yeah. so much the, the analytics and the logistics of it. Nice. I like totally. that. It's yeah. fantastic. We've had a couple other artists on, and I think we had Kyle Mosher on uh, last season, and, and he talked about hey, that. Hey, Kyle. He, yeah, Kyle, <laughs> yeah. You and, I think you know him, yeah. Right? And he had you know, some training as well, and we mm -hmm. were kind of debating whether or not, you know, what's more important, you know, the actual, like the art training art school type experience or mm -hmm. just doing the work you know getting in there and doing it and you know it's hard it's hard to make that call you know sometimes yeah. people you know they go through it they don't want to feel like they did it for nothing you know so i'm sure you know mm -hmm. for each to each their own but um yeah for sure but i mean it's there's, like there's no replacing real world experience yeah, of course yeah. yeah for sure and i think it's like two one of the top two artists i focused on growing up even yeah. to this day uh, there was no training when Keith Haring was like going through the subways, yeah. tagging different yeah. things, painting on everything, right. non-traditional canvases. Right. Right. Um, yeah. what, you know. what art textbook <laughs> would have told him that that was a good idea? And then that's what everybody right. loves. Right. Everybody you know? instantly recognizes yeah. his work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. What is something that you wish you had understood at an earlier age? Uh, a few things. <laughs> <laughs> How credit works? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, taxes. Taxes. Um, my, my, my mind it's, always goes financial too when I think of that question. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's so many things, but like I, I'm always drawn back to just expressing yourself, man. Yeah. Like uh, as a child, I was quiet and dealt with uh, a few times whether it was in North Carolina or South Carolina or in New York, like mm -hmm. wanting to commit suicide as mm -hmm. a child um, from a child to a teen. And, you know, for different reasons, mm -hmm. uh, not wanting to live in certain places or living condition or constantly getting picked on and stuff like that. Um, but it was all because mm -hmm. I cared what people thought instead of looking in the mirror and realizing who I am and realizing mm -hmm. we're all created the same but different in a way like mm -hmm. we all have something to bring to the world yeah. all billions of us yeah. so why should it matter so much to the point of like ending my own life what you think right you know right. and i just started you know again just building that confidence up yeah. to be who i was and you go through high school and i start wearing all kinds of funky stuff and <laughs> you have people wanting to like crack jokes on you yeah. oh you're tacky you're this and that exactly. but then a year later they're all wearing the same thing that they <laughs> made fun of you for the year before so it's just confirmation again of there like you go. oh like you didn't hate me. You just <laughs> wanted to, you know, explore some of the things that I was doing or you wanted to 
express the way that I was expressing. And yeah. so I just say, man, like, um, um, having that self love that yeah. is important. Yeah. Finding that voice. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Let's wrap this section real quick with a few questions, and uh, we can take a quick break. Um, what are you listening to right now? What am I listening to? There's a group called Hiatus Coyote. Mm-hmm. I think they're from the UK. Okay. It's like funk, jazz, rock, like uh-huh. so many different things all in one. Yeah. And that's that's more of music I like to listen yeah. to okay. when I'm working and yeah, trying yeah, to get yeah. the brain going. Yeah. Do you like to uh, listen to like a curated playlist or do you prefer like... A you know, surprise me with something like a radio kind of thing. Uh, funny enough, I think like because I talk through music, yeah, like I can express a lot easier through music sometimes mm-hmm. instead of words. I like to be in control of almost every song I'm going to play while I'm creating. Yeah, but I don't know what song is coming next until okay. like the very end of the song. Yeah, and then I'll pick the phone up and type the next song, almost like a DJ. Oh, okay. Anyway. So you're yeah. like a DJ for yeah. your for your. When you're creating yeah, primarily? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And mm-hmm. so friends on social media would ask me, bro, I need the playlist. I need yeah. the playlist. I'm like, I don't have one. I, don't I just, have <laughs> I just play stuff as this. I go. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta record your sessions. Yeah, man. And then when I have okay. the time to make a playlist, I don't want to do it because I'm not in that same feeling I was when I was in the studio working. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Cool. Yeah. It makes sense. Mm. Okay. And then Pharrell, heavy, a lot. Okay. Like I listen to Pharrell Williams. Like, yeah. I have all of their... N.E.R.D., uh, yeah. all of their tattoos <laughs> of the album names all over me. Like uh, They inspired me to start loving myself yeah, you yeah. Know, as a child. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. And there was a... What, did, what work did you do with Pharrell? What was I did some shoes for him my shoes first year of Art Basel. Okay. Uh, it, that was even super funny. So um, I didn't have much funds at that time. Yeah. I packed a bag and realized that uh, I didn't have enough money for a, a check check bag. Yeah. So I just took a duffel bag yeah. and I put his shoes in the bag and took out some of my clothes oh. so that I could, you know, f- oh, still just have the duffel. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you know what? I'll wear the same stuff as yeah. much as I have to. Sure. But I feel like I'm going to get these shoes to him. Yeah. And so first day goes by, I'm taking this bag everywhere to every <laughs> event. And all of my friends are like, what's the bag for? And, you know, I'm telling them. It gets to the point where all of my friends are now on my side. So every nice. event we go to yeah. and a stranger says, like what's the bag? Yeah. You have five people behind me saying, oh, he's going to give it to Pharrell. <laughs> and so day number two, I'm out with uh, one of my good friends, Alexander, and we're on Instagram and, you know, just talking about the events for the day. And he's like, hmm, your boy is here. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Pharrell, he's yeah. at the um, one of the Miami conventions, art conventions. Yeah. So I was like, all right, check, please. We got to go. <laughs> have the bag with me. We get to the convention center, and the security is telling me I can't take the bag in. I oh. said, lady, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get these shoes in there to someone. Yeah. I have to. She's like, okay. Well, we went back and forth for like three yeah. minutes. She's like, okay, I'll let you take the shoes, but the bag has to stay. I said, gotcha. you can burn the bag. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> I have the shoes. I get inside, and I see his wife. Yeah. I was like, Oh, like my whole body got cold. Yeah. I said, oh, Alex, that's his wife. And then he said, I got one better for you. Uh-huh. Pharrell is right there. <laughs> I lost it. Yeah. So I walk up closer. And because I know how the music industry works and celebrities, yeah. I didn't walk directly to him. I mm. walked to the seven foot guy that was next to him, <laughs> his bodyguard. Yeah. And, you know, I'm talking to the bodyguard and he's like, hey, you know, um, have these for Pharrell, yada, yada, yada. I turn over. I start talking to him. I give him the shoes yeah. and like. That was it for me, like cloud one million. Fantastic. And mm. it wasn't so much like a starstruck moment. It was yeah. I spoke this to an existence mm-hmm. and it happened, you know, and yeah. I 
again, cool. especially yeah. as an artist, yeah. where you have so many people that tell you, uh, struggling artists, it's hard to make it, and all this good stuff. Like, if right. you believe something yeah. to the point of like being psychotic, like well, it's, it's again, going it's you, to happen. It's you being extra again, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you have Fantastic. to. Man. So how how long ago was that? Was that that was like years or was that that was like five years? Five years, yeah, ago? yeah, mm-hmm. about four or five years ago. That's when I first fantastic. had done Art Basel. Oh, and that, that was your first Art Basel. Yeah, that was okay. my first one, and that okay. changed my whole life. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Are you going every year? Yeah, now you I can barely a, sleep yeah. when I'm there because I have so many events <laughs> going on. That's the last awesome. recent one, yeah. I think I slept. Me and my manager slept maybe about forty minutes a day. Nice. I had so many car <laughs> events to do. Yeah, that's fantastic. That sounds sounds like fun. Uh, what are you reading right now? Or what have you read recently? Mm. Right now, and I've read it like four times already, um, Rick Rubin's book. Oh, yeah. Um, but I can never remember the title of it. The um, Creative Act? Yes. Yeah. That act, or is it or, that? Something like that. Um, yeah. I, I think that might be it. recently, The Creative yeah. Act. I'm not sure if there's that. That might yeah. be it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the fantastic. Gray Book with the, the circle on the yeah. front. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah. one. Yeah. Like that book is like beautiful rick rubin's fantastic yeah, yeah man like exactly. his approach to life music yeah. art and just the spirit yeah, yeah. Uh, every like like i said i'm on you know read number five now with yeah. him and i find something new every time fantastic awesome. yeah man awesome and uh what are you watching right now besides artfully designed <laughs> <laughs> i lived artfully designed for the last 12 months you just go home and just watch that <laughs> right um yeah. Last night I actually watched one of my favorite movies, Great Gatsby, the new one with oh, Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. that's my movie, man. That's a good one. That's yeah. Good. Um growing up, the show Martin, Martin Lawrence, like yeah. that was my jam, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Like growing up. I've watched it so much to the point now where uh if you quiz me on like what episode is what, I yeah. can tell you what the episode is just based on the clothes they have on. Oh wow! I don't even have to hear the audio. Wow! wow. Just, just the just shirt. Look at it. You That's know all it. the lines and things like that. Yep, that is it. That's fun. <laughs> awesome, awesome, fantastic. Well, we'll uh, with that we'll take a quick break and uh, pick back up with a little game for uh, Frankie Zombie. Did you forget that your business needed to renew its TCC before August? This process takes 45 days, which may cause you to miss these upcoming deadlines. When you e-file using tax bandits, you don't need a TCC code. Just import your form data, generate and review forms, and then tax bandits transmits them for you via the fire system. Don't miss your deadline. Just go to taxbandits.com and file your forms today. And we're back for the second half of the Bandit Room with Mr. Frankie Zombie. Uh, we've got a glass of chicken cock, Kentucky bourbon whiskey. Cheers. Cheers, bro. Cheers. Cheers, Caleb. But Cheers it's in, in spirit. <laughs> Clink. <laughs> Clink. Now, we're going to do a little game here with Frankie. We was just describing before. Um, this is a new game. We haven't done this before on the podcast. This is called Subjective Objections. So, okay. you know, talking about art in the art world and uh you know what's what's good what's not you know, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna make you the arbiter of what's good and what's not so you were just describing how much you hate those people so, so, we're, gonna make, so we're gonna make you decide what's what's good and what's not so we've put together a few pairings of different uh art mm-hmm. by different artists uh, okay. throughout you know time throughout history and uh we'll have you know caleb and i will compete against each other and we will make Frankie decide what's better. What's better, and we have to guess 
and which yes. one he think will be yes. better. Yeah. But that's the beauty of it is it's totally subjective. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm gonna change it to to what I I feel more <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. instead of what's better. What's, what's better? Feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. In, in proper Frankie style, then. Okay, okay. So this is subjective objections. Whatever Frankie feels. All right. So, all right. Are we good? All right. The first pair of art we have here is uh, we have one by Paul Clay and another by Kandinsky. These are both very colorful. I know you should preference. This is a horrible thing for an audio podcast. So, so uh, we will be throwing the clip up on YouTube. So yes. if you're on the right. audio podcast, yes. it's driving you That's crazy. Throw it up on YouTube or uh, you know, maybe Frankie will post something about it. I got you. Um, all right. So two pieces, Paul Clay, Kandinsky. Mm. What do you think is better, Caleb? That's better. I mean, I like the one. I like the Kandinsky okay. more personally. Interesting. I prefer the clay. Yeah. So uh, okay, but it doesn't matter what we think. What does Frankie feel? What does Frankie, what does Frankie feel? I'm make gonna that the show. go with Kandinsky. Oh, yeah. point for Caleb. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it, it's it's real complex. Describe that. You, okay. It's just, like each. You like the energy of it. Yeah. Each section, uh, each square, like has its own separate world happening. Mm -hmm. But when you zoom out and look at it as one piece, it all still, you know, is is very much so complementing the next. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it reminds me of trees. Okay. Yeah. 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 The tree rings. <laughs> I get that. Okay. Fantastic. I like it. All right. We'll move on to the next. So today we have Jasper Johns and Andy Warhol. Mm. Jasper Johns. Mm. This is sort of pop art edition of mm -hmm. subjective objections. But yeah. more importantly, mm. what does Frankie feel? Um, Caleb, do you I, have I, a preference? I just don't really like Jasper Johns. He's all right. He's all right. But I got to go with Warhol. Um, Warhol? I'm going with Jasper Johns. He's one of my favorite artists. Also a South Carolina artist, Frankie. Yeah. <laughs> he said, just so you know, Frankie. Frankie. Also from South Carolina. <laughs> right. No, oh, just kidding. man. But what does Frankie feel? Right off of first look, we were talking about one of um, Jasper's Target pieces and an Andy Warhol soup can. I'll have to go with Andy. Andy, I'll have to <laughs> go Caleb, with Andy. killing me over here, Caleb. I'm just All picking right. my favorite. Just <laughs> out, so. Same for me. All right, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. Andy, Andy, Andy. Yeah, I'm really uh, a fan of pop art and like. Same. Yeah. A lot of the controversy he, you know, had gone through in his yeah. career. Oh, sure. The sure. late eighties as well. As yeah. far as like, oh, he's just copying other people's yeah, stuff. And right, like, right. Yeah, know. the art world hated him at the time. Yeah. But, but, oh yeah. Phew, yeah. How do they feel now? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know how that goes. <laughs> What's next? Ooh. All right. Why would y'all do this? Going to head me? to head, <laughs> Basquiat versus Keith Haring. Oh man. Well, okay. So oh, if it God. helps or makes it easier for Frankie to feel the right answer, um, <laughs> <laughs> you cannot judge the people. But yeah. we're talking about the individual works of Very art much here. So, this piece, yeah. um, so mm. Caleb, I have to pick. Do you two. have a preference? I think I got mine. What oh, do you man. like? These particular pieces, I I might go with Herring on this one. Mm. Mm. What you got? What you got? Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go with Basquiat on this one. Right? Oh, okay. Mm. All right. So, although I have one of these gentlemen tattooed on me, yeah. <laughs> which one? Do you, where do you got? Oh, Basquiat, <laughs> right there. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go with Keith on going this one. Keith. Yeah. I'm going with Keith because like it makes me feel like I don't know, you know, what the story behind yeah. him doing this piece was, yeah. but. It reminds me of uh, everyone sticking together to make something happen, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and the art world 
sometimes you have uh, groups of people that make you feel like that can only be one person. Yeah. And we all have different mediums. We all have a different thing yeah. to say, thing to express. Yeah. Uh, why can we not all uplift each other? Okay. No, I don't mm. want to tell you about this opportunity because you yeah. might take all the money and right, you know right, all this right, other stuff. Right. But you know, this piece reminds me of just everybody being colorfully beautiful and like getting along and helping each other get to the top. Yeah. Great. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Another one for Caleb. <laughs> Three beautiful you know story. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is Street Art Edition, Subjective Objections. We have uh, Invader versus Banksy. Mm. Street Artist Invader versus Banksy. With Invader, we've got a uh, Pac-Man type tile work, and Banksy is a stencil boy with a hammer. Just on based on what I can see, I, I'm going Banksy. I like the, the context of that one. I'm picking Invader. I am going with Invader on this one. Dude, yes. <laughs> Got him on the board. On the board. He's on the board. Nice. <laughs> is that per- this particular piece is just jumping out at you more because yeah, the I'm, colors? And, and uh, the colors, too. And I'm really just a fan of Pac-Man and like old school yeah, yeah, arcade yeah, yeah. and yeah. 90s, man. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Both artists fantastic, of course. Yeah. I oh, know man. nothing against Banksy, but... Banksy, like the the one piece that was a part of the auction and after it sold, oh, the, it the shredded. Ripped? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. my yeah. God. Brilliant. Sheesh. So cool. Brilliant. What do we got? Okay, this is uh, violent uh, Renaissance work. Uh, uh, my friend Blue would, would <laughs> die to be a part of this moment. <laughs> we have two versions of the same work: uh, Judith beheading Holofernes, one by Artemisia Gentileschi, and another by Caravaggio. Caravaggio is classic lighting, like everybody. Yeah, they both got the chiaroscura thing going yeah, on, but uh, mm. you know, different. Uh, I mean, the, the layout is very similar. I guess the different. Slightly different fine tuning of uh, the features on one. I almost feel more on the on the Gentileschi. Yeah, I like. I think I'm going to pick that one. I'm picking it too. I think we can do that. (laughs) But Frankie may give us no points whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this one might be a draw between you guys. I think I'm going to go Caravaggio. You're in Caravaggio. All right, all right. What's speaking to you? It's a. It's a bit makes you feel softer. Yeah, yeah. You know, and again, I don't know the complete history behind this piece, but. in the Cavaggio piece, the the woman seems a bit like indecisive. Mm. That's true. As if though the person next to her is like the real person calling the moment, <laughs> the action. Yeah, yeah uh, that's really interesting. Uh, yes, it's just a bit. Although you know, of course, what's happening is <laughs> yeah. very gruesome. It's, it's, very it's still some this sort of like very old violent biblical story. Uh, the Israelites were captive by some uh, I can't remember, but this is Holofernes is the mm-hmm. uh, the character there, and he's sort of the leader of the the army that's okay. got the Israelites and Judith goes into his tent, gets him drunk, makes him pass out and cuts his head off. Oh, <laughs> that is right. <laughs> that story. is right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Carvajal yeah, has some grace to it. Carvajal <laughs> has grace. Because that is the biggest <laughs> difference though, is, is Judith's face on those. Cause she's yeah. almost kind of determined on the one. Uh-huh. And then, uh, in, like you said, indecisive or yeah. solemn on the, uh, on the other. Carvajal. It's like, no, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right, so no points for us on this one. That's right. Fair enough. Oh, man. All right, today we've got the NFT version of Subjective Objections. <laughs> we have Beeple on one side and uh, Rafik Inadal on the other side. Is the is the Inadal one the one that was at that's, MoMA? Yeah, I think You're that's the one in the, Mar- right. yeah, the MoMA, yeah. Mm. MoMA. Mm. <sighs> what do you like, Caleb? What do I like? I don't know. <laughs> I like both I of them know. just to be yeah. Yeah. <laughs> honest, but they're, they're very different types of things. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't really like NFTs, but I'm trying to pick this piece. Like, look at these on their own here. Yeah, just look at them on their own as digital um, artwork. 
Probably got to go with Beeple. You go Beeple? Yeah, I'm going Beeple on this one. Go on Rafik. But more hmm. importantly, <laughs> what does Frankie <laughs> What does Frankie <laughs> I'm going with Rafik on this one. Yeah. All right. Rafik. Yeah. I like that. It's like an adrenaline rush. Yeah, it's me. fantastic. They're, these are, uh, it's like a generative artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's somehow, I, I don't know the, the full details on it, but it's like, it's, it's constantly generating new mm-hmm. formations and things like that. So it's not just like a static, like a screen, sa- like yeah. people, people criticize it. Like they say it's a screensaver or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it is actually making new formations and things like that based yeah. on yeah it's it's like when I do abstract styles with my Jetson yeah themed work like yeah. you'll have some people that say from afar oh it's all the same and right. then when I You're invite like, yeah. them into the style right. and you see how much it's constantly changing and yeah. like oh wow yeah. I apologize I didn't know that <laughs> so you know it's the same with this piece like right, you think right, it's right. just constantly the same thing and mm-hmm. it's not that's yeah. true okay we've got architecture edition Ooh. on one side we have and Tony Gaudi, and on the other side we have Frank Gehry. Gaudi's is, is uh, one of those Barcelona houses he's famous yeah, for. Yeah, it is. It's tough. Gehry's is uh, that is tough. I think it's called the Dancing House. This one's in Prague. I've um, actually seen both of these in person. Really? Yeah. Oh my god! I'm jealous. Cool. Yeah, but I'm just picking all my favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> He's just flexing but, on us all the places he's oh, been. <laughs> Caleb. Yeah. What do you um, like, Caleb? I think I like Gaudi better. I like Gaudi too. But it doesn't matter what we think. <laughs> it only matters what Frankie feels. <laughs> that, is funny, <laughs> that is hilarious, bro. Um these are both obviously both absolutely great. beautiful. I mean, they're fantastic. Yeah, oh my yeah. goodness. Only because I like to go super left field sometime. I got to go Frank. From Frank. I got to go oh, Frank. No disrespect. Frank's oh, fantastic. Man. That was yeah. a rough one. That's a wild one, though. It's a, yeah, the, the proportions on it are crazy. Yeah, yeah. man. Subjective uh, objections. Japanese edition. Today we have <laughs> Yayoi Kusama and Takashi Murakami. Both still living artists. Mm-hmm. Both very bright yeah. in their own ways. Mm-hmm. Kusama's is a bit of a, I think it's fishnets. I think she described mm-hmm. it as fishnets. Mm. And Murakami's one of his notable flower yeah. paintings. Mm. I'm going to go Kusama because it's a little more calming mm. to me. Mm. I'm kind of liking that right now. I like it too. I'm going with that. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> matter what we think. <laughs> Just for, it doesn't matter what we think. What does Frankie feel? Uh, I'm going to go with Murakami on this one. Murakami. Yeah. 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 In, in high school for me, like when I started to, uh, tap into his work. Yeah, it just made me feel good about being different. Yeah, mm-hmm. being vibrant. Yeah. You know. Well, he did the Kanye album too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Graduation. The, uh, Gradu- yep. Graduation, graduation yeah, album. Yeah. That was my twelfth grade heard year. About him. Yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. Subjective oh, objections. Uh, this is sort of like big museum pieces yeah. edition. <laughs> on one side we have Elena Tusi, and on the other side we have Anish Kapoor. Elena Tusi mm-hmm. is a. Yeah. It's like a tapestry made of uh, found metal objects, and the Anish Kapoor is, is a giant reflective surface. Uh, kind of looks like a chrome satellite dish reflecting the clouds. Mm. Hmm. Ooh, uh, Charles, you pick first. All right, Uh-oh. switch it up. <laughs> I personally prefer Elena Tusi. I would. Um, I might go Kapoor. Just, yeah, I'm. I'm. You just I'm feeling. Split. Feeling different. Yeah. yeah. We, just wanna, yeah, yeah. We, we agree too much, Caleb. We need to argue. All right. 
Oh man! Doesn't matter what we think. <laughs> Why Mr. Not? Frankie, Mr. Frankie. <laughs> uh, I'm what going, are you feeling? I'm going Kapoor. Going Kapoor. Yeah. Going Kapoor. Boom, boom. We are tied and, um, up, Caleb. Coming up. Um, excuse me. I I pick Kapoor. Wait, you pick Kapoor? Oh 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 no, yeah no, no. yeah. Oh 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 oh. I just want to make sure I get my points. He tried to show change him. Okay, I thought for sure you were going to go in a 2C, Frank. I was, but I felt like I was going so much like vibrant moments. Yeah, yeah. With the Kapoor piece, I just imagined me having something like that in like my backyard. Yeah, yeah. For that, it's like, what would you rather have in your backyard, basically? Yeah, yeah. Insulation, yeah. Gotcha. That's cool. Well, no disrespect. That's a good piece. Yeah. All right. Subjective objections. Yikes. We're talking. Non-representation edition with Jackson Pollock on the left and Lee Krasner, his wife, on the right. I wonder if that was... Mm. They might have had that Pollock at the moment when I was there. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. No, they all look the same. Uh, so. They do. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect to anybody. I love it's Pollock as well. Always, always <laughs> excited to see one whenever I see yes. it. But yeah, um, it's, it's kind of hard to tell them apart sometimes. I don't know. I like the shapes in the Krasner. I think it's, it's kind of more dynamic. Yeah. Mm. Going Krasner. Going mm. Krasner. I'm going to go Pollock, even though they look the same. <laughs> Just to be disagreeable. Because this is not fun if we agree. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Pollock. Pollock? Boom, boom. Pollock. Um, and this, these I particular feel a pieces, of, you feel like the energy of it is stronger? Yeah, and I, I feel feeling? a bit of like, like I'm finding my way through the frustration Oh yeah. in my mm. own life Like when I look at this piece. Yeah. And also, I know um, to a part of his career, some people started to look at it as like you're just scribbling and pouring some stuff mm-hmm. on a canvas. And then, yeah. you know, unfortunately, when he passes, you know, he becomes this yeah. iconic thing. Yeah. And that tends to happen a lot in the, in the art world, yeah, unfortunately. For sure. For mm-hmm. sure. People appreciate you later. Yeah. All right. I think this is the Ooh. final piece. Uh, Cubist edition. Yikes. Subjective Ooh. objections. Picasso versus Brock. On these particular, I usually like Brock's Cubist stuff more than Picasso. I mean, they're close, but mm-hmm. in this case, I might go Picasso. Hmm. I prefer Brock. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you prefer Brock? Uh, I just, well, this one, it gets complicated for me because it's kind of one of those, like, uh, there's certain things about Picasso I don't like as a person, and that kind okay. of bleeds into uh, how you treat the artwork, which is, I don't. I try not to have that happen because, mm-hmm. you know, you can be able to judge the artwork on its own. But if I just look at the artwork, mm-hmm. I think I do prefer the Brock on this one, even, you know, taking names out of the equation. I got you. But I, I like, yeah, the the color of it, the subtlety of the, the movement okay. between okay. the pieces. But, uh, but that doesn't matter, Charles. Again, it doesn't matter <laughs> what the heck we say. <laughs> <laughs> the arbiter oh, yeah. of what's good <laughs> across the table from us. Um, Mr. Zombie. Oh, uh, man, I love Cubism. I'm going to go Brock. Going Brock? Yeah. Boom, going Brock boom. on that one. Going Brock on that one. All right. So it looks like Caleb and I hey. tied. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is the final oh, piece. <laughs> so to be continued, I guess. <laughs> Do this another time with somebody else. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Well, that was fun. Thank you for yeah, joining us. Yeah, Thank you for uh, you know dealing with this and putting yeah. up with this nonsense. Oh, no, no, no. no. That was fun, man. That was Fantastic. fun. Fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> well, uh, Appreciate you coming by. I just I'm sorry you had a little car trouble on the way, but I hope, oh, hope everything gosh. works out. Yeah. Um, shout out to roadside assistance. <laughs> yes, very is much. So. <laughs> is there anything you want to any final plug or, yeah. or projects bring up? coming up? Yeah, you projects about or? 
No, um, this Saturday we have a new episode of Artfully Designed coming oh, out on, um, I believe we have a one thirty slot now on mm. television. Nice. And um, you know it's on Max. Yeah. Um, YouTube, HBO, Amazon, whatever you have out mm-hmm. there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, besides that, just want to encourage everyone to to live life like you're taking care of a plant, man. Yeah. Um, start with the root. Okay. Start with the root, you know. Just forget the outside for a minute and start with the root. Mm. Um, we're, we're all de- dealing with different things in America and outside of America. Mm-hmm. You know, just natural disasters. Just so many other countries going through a lot of things yeah. uh, emotionally, from the children to the adults. And you know, if we just do our part by taking taking care of the root, yeah, that you know that that helps the masses yeah. essentially. Go. So fantastic. Appreciate yeah. you guys, man. Oh, thank Appreciate you. Us. Thanks so much for coming out. Um, Thanks for joining this episode of The Bandit Room. Stick around next week and see what we talk about. The Bandit Room is a production of Span Enterprises, located in sunny Rock Hill, South Carolina. We've been developing, supporting, and growing successful IRS e-filing and business management solutions since 2010. Go to spanenterprises.com now to learn more. The views and opinions expressed in The Bandit Room are those of the guests, and do not necessarily reflect or state the opinions of Span Enterprises. No information should be considered as tax, legal, or other professional advice.